sometimes when it's anniversary and things like that, I, I say, Lord, what, what do you have for us today as for gathering us together and reflecting on who we are, where we're going, how we got here, and what we're going to continue to do? And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, there are so many blessings that we have as being part of a church that has been here going strong for 49 years. Uh, some of the families that are here are, are part of the beginning of the church. You were there for the, the launch of this and, and, and how God did a miraculous work of even getting us to this point. You were part of that. We have multi-generational uh, families that are here that you're here, your family, grandkids, and they're being married and saved. And, and, and those are the blessings of this. But can I tell you, there's also a fear that comes with that as well. Sometimes we can get to the point where we lose our zeal and our passion because it's almost we get to some point, we just rest and think, oh, look what we've done. And I'm, I'm not going to stop and say, praise God for what God has done. But I never want us to lose our zeal and passion to continue to do what God has done. And, I, and it's just a matter of, God didn't bless us with everything that he has given for us to sit down on the sidelines and say, wow, look how good God is. God wants us to continue in the vision that he's given us. And we are so blessed. I, I, I prayed about this and I said, Lord, what, what do we share? And I came across a passage, and this is not even my text, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. But I do want to read it to start things off. This is Paul writing to Timothy, and Paul is at the end of his ministry, and he's encouraging him, the church, the church that he is pastoring, the people that he's ministering to, and, and, and just saying, hey, this is, this is good, all that God is doing. But Paul poured advice into young Timothy, and he kind of shared his heart, and I want to start here, and then I want to look back. And go into the other chapters building up to this. But he is encouraging him to preach. And he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Let me say it again. He told him to preach the word. There's a lot of great things that we do as a church. But, but let me pause and tell you as a church family that if we ever stop doing this, we are no longer a biblical church. He didn't just say preach what you want or preach what sounds good or preach what's going to get people excited. He said you preach the word of God, not our words, but his words. Be instant in season and out of season. He said you do it when it's popular, you do it when it's not. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Here's the reason why. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. A lot of times we look at that and we can look outside the church and say, look at all these churches around here. All they want to do is that they want to hear what they want to hear. Let me tell you, that is just as much of a danger in this church as it can be in any other church. Don't, don't, don't ruffle my feathers. Don't tell me anything different. I just want to hear what's comfortable to me. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch therefore in all things. Endure inflictions and do the work of an evangelist. The job that we have been given with the gospel is to do the work of an evangelist. You know, you know what that work is? To keep 
reaching people, that is the work of an evangelist. You say, what are you saying? I'm trying to lay out and tell you, Paul said, hey, son, keep going. But he said, along the way, there's some things that you better not leave behind. He said, you better not leave behind. I don't care how times change and styles change and hairdos change and all these different things. There are some things you do not leave behind. You do not leave behind the preaching of God's word. You do not leave behind the doctrine of God's word. And you do not leave behind the evangelism of reaching more people. We can celebrate 50th anniversary and so on and so forth and keep going forward with it. But if we, if we stop doing this, we have nothing left to celebrate. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Let's pray. Lord, as you take, Lord, this portion of our service... Lord, I pray, Lord, that the church this morning will not hear from Pastor Tony, but will hear from you. And Lord, as these men have stood and sung this morning, they pointed to the cross. Lord, as the choir has sung this morning, they pointed to the cross. Lord, as we stood this morning and sang about that glorious day and how you arose, and Lord, the blood of Jesus Christ that is our victory. Lord, through all of these things, we have done nothing more than try to point to the cross. And Lord, as I stand to preach, I pray, Lord, that you'll help me to do the very same thing. And that is the point, people, to the cross. Lord, I thank you for the gift of your incredible spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And I thank you, Lord, for the local church. Lord, help us to embrace all of these blessings and do the work that you've given us to do. We pray this in your name. Amen. See, I get into this, Paul was telling Timothy all these things that, hey man, it's not, it's not going to get easy, and it's, I, I promise you, I tell you, you're going to have to endure the inflictions, and, and he said, I, I want you to know that the time will come where they're not going to like it, but you still have to keep getting up and doing it, and the reason why he was saying that, the reason why I preach this is because the time has come, the time still will come where these things will still be difficult. People will not want to hear the truth. And they, they do not want to hear about the blood of Jesus Christ. They don't want to hear about that there's a debt of our sin and there's the destination of hell. And I, they don't want to hear that there's sin and that I am guilty and, and, and of sin until we're washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. These things are not popular, but let me tell you and share with you, we cannot stop preaching these things. doesn't matter what changes in the world. We serve an unchanging God. Methods might change, but this part of what we're talking about does not change. It cannot change, or we will fail. This is our foundation. This is our guide. This is our answer to those that are without. And this is the hope that we share with our community. There are, are so many truths that we can change, or have, or, or, or hold to within the Bible. There are so many truths that we can lean on. But I, I, as I was Looking at this, I, I asked the Lord, I said, this is great. But I started looking back as we read this book. I, I want you to flip back just one page. And I want you to see how Paul built up to this. And, and that's where I want to take you today. I, I look in chapter 3, verse 14. And I, I caught this, this word about advancing the gospel. And how Paul, that, that had done so much, was looking at this next church or preachers, pastors, staff, 
people filling the pews and he was, he was crying out to them and this was the word as he said to advance the gospel. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And thou hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned. He said, son, you better keep moving forward. He said, you, you better keep doing this. He said, I'm not just talking about today, but as things get complicated, as things change, he said, I am crying, I am begging you, I am preaching to you. You better continue in these things which thou hast learned. I want to show you this morning the advice. If Paul was going to get here and he was going to give this address to the church and say, guys, this is how you do it. Let me give you some advice. Let me show you how to continue the gospel or how to advance the gospel. We go back one more chapter and we start in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I will give you these four points and then we'll be done. I'm excited about the concert tonight. I pray that you come back and enjoy this. And we do this every once in a while when we just stop and we try to slow down a little bit and just enjoy the blessings. We did that yesterday. We'll do it tonight. Here's what Paul said when he said about advancing the gospel, about pushing forward. When it comes to the gospel, he said, number one, he said, son, I'm asking you to stand strong. Now, I want you guys to know that I love you with all of my heart. I want you to know that what I'm saying right now, I believe that this is what God wants me to preach on an anniversary Sunday as I am talking to our guests that are here and thank God that you're here and we're ecstatic. And as I also stand and preach to those that have been here for years and years, I want you to know that we must adhere to what we're about to say. He said, son, you better stand strong. I say this because as a pastor of this church, I do not want to falter and fail years from now to come. He said, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The word strong means empowered. We cannot advance the gospel. We cannot be a church that stands on the truth unless this generation learns to have a backbone with the gospel. We have got to learn to stand strong. Being weak is not an option. It's not a choice. Failure is not an option. We must choose to live by faith, choose to be obedient, choose to not give into our flesh, He said, be strong in the grace. The Bible also says that you are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying by this? None of us have arrived, and I don't care where you are, you better learn to plant yourself in that spot and continue to grow. You never, ever have arrived when it comes to the work of the Lord. Never. I've been saved most of my life. And thank God for it. And I, 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 I've grown up in church. I've been in, in great churches and Bible college and things like this. But I'm going to warn you about what he was telling him about this passage. He's going to tell you that there is a fear to have churches that are filled with spiritual wimps. They don't know their Bible. They're not growing in grace. They don't know where they stand. They're blown away with everything that comes. They don't know how to stand up to tell their kids right from wrong. They don't have a backbone to keep their family in church. They don't know how to be faithful to anything. He said, son, I am asking you to be strong, to build muscles, to have a backbone, to be where God has blessed you in that grace. But I'm asking you to be strong in that grace. We're losing this. Can I, can I be honest? 
and I know this has been a struggle for a very long time, but I am telling you that God has blessed us for 49 years. We will not see 49 more years if, if Paul is telling Timothy and said, son, I'll tell you what, it wasn't always easy. And there was times that they tried to run me over, and there was times that they tried to push me out of the way. There was times that it was uncomfortable, and I didn't like it, but I had to learn to be strong in the grace of God. And all of a sudden, we have people today that are falling left and right. And I say, you say, well, we should be going after them. Yes, yes, we should be going after them. But if we're not careful, we're not going to have enough men left to go after them. We're not going to have enough people buckling down and getting in and growing in grace and understanding the calling that God has given us if we don't learn to be strong and grow in the grace of Jesus Christ. We have had a crutch that for all these years we've been able to lean on people that have gone before us. And we've had dad and grandma and grandpa and these godly leaders and godly people and that pastor and that teacher that has been there as that rock for you all these years. And God takes that person home. And then all of a sudden, we're falling apart. Let me tell you, mom and dad need to learn to be strong because you're now the rock that they need to lean on. Paul was just crying out to him, and he's, he's saying this. He said, my own son in the faith. He said, guy, I, I love you. I, I want the best for you. I want to see you advance. I want to see God bless. But you've got to learn to know where you stand. Stand strong in the gospel. Grow in grace. Don't quit. I've heard so many people say that we look back on those that have sacrificed to build churches like this one. And you can say, my dad was a godly man. Or my mom or dad or grandma or whatever was a godly woman. I was at a funeral not too long ago. Somebody stood up and they said, you know, I'm going to miss him. He was the glue that held our family together. He was a spiritual glue in our family. And I, I know what they were saying, so I don't want to sound disrespectful when I say this. But let me say this because I love all of us, and, and even that person would understand what I'm saying by saying this. The glue that holds your family together is Jesus Christ. Okay, and I'm thankful for the men because as our job of representing Jesus Christ. This is what we do. This is at the glue that holds us together. We hold forth the word of truth. But all of a sudden, when, when they're leaning on that, you've got to understand that it is our job to now be that person, that rock that holds forth the word of truth. And if we're not strong in the grace that God has given us, because it's great that we have those that have gone before us, but we need to learn to have the next generation stand up. And when I say that generation, I'm not pointing out, we're all generation. We are all part of this church. Whether you are 85 or 5 years old, we're all part of this. We're all mentoring and doing so. Let me show you. Keep reading. These things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, the same commit thou. Man, it stinks. It's faithful men. Wouldn't it be a problem if they didn't have to throw that in there? These things that thou hast heard, the same thou, Timothy, I want you now, young man, to commit now to other faithful men. He said, who shall be able to teach others also? See, he said not only stand strong, but the next thing that he said about advancing the gospel, he said, pass it on. He, he was telling him, hey, hey, Timothy, he said, this blessing that thou have, the, 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 the truth, the calling of God, he said, you better 
learn to pass it on. I'm going to ask, I have a couple guys, if you guys will come up here with me. Um, Yeah, Tyler, you guys, you guys know I'm a visual type person. Brother Lloyd, if you'll come stand down here, and Jacob, I want you to stand down there, and uh, Tyler, I want you to smack in the middle of these guys. Perfect. Awesome. Nope, switch places. There you go. Um, I am not doing that. I can tell you that we have generations represented here. I, 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 want, I want to teach two principles, as God said, to pass it on, because here it is. I could also, I would, I would Lloyd, I'd fit right here, I think, right here. This is not a negative some of you need to learn that this is not a negative, okay? It's, it's not a negative. I went up to Brother Lloyd and I said, can I, can I illustrate you as like more of an elder, leader type guy that we would look up to in the church? And I was trying not to say it. I wasn't calling you old. Did you take it that way? I wasn't trying to call you old. I sure did. Okay. Oh, you did? Oh. No, I okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and, and I'm a bald dude and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not 23 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 24. And Jacob, how old are you? 16 years old. And let me tell you, this, this is a good illustration of a, a healthy church. If you don't see this in church, you better find another church because something's wrong. All right? And so I'm not saying that, but, but there's something that Timothy was being, being taught by Paul in, in the middle of this illustration. And he said, he said, son, I, I need you to learn something because the thing is, Jacob is going to need this. And, and let's say Paul was bringing this to Timothy and Timothy was passing it on to other faithful men that they needed to do. Now there's two principles that I want you to learn about passing it on. There needs to be faithful men that are passing it on. Do you get that? Can you hold this for a minute? Praise God you were saved. Thank God for your, your leadership, your testimony and I want you to know that we really appreciate, and same goes for everybody, all you that have done amazing things of laying the foundation of this church and other churches and missions and everything else, that doesn't belong to you. Thank you, sir. And not, not, that, not that you're letting go, and I hope that symbol isn't, oh, letting go, but I'm saying, you know what we do after you're saved? You, you need to lead me to the Lord. And there's, there's, there's a, a blessing because sometimes the ownership that will hold on to this, this end up, ends up dying. And, and a lot of people come into a church like this and say, how do you have so many people? Because all of it, we're pointing to Jesus Christ, not me, not any other pastor, not yourself. It doesn't matter how long you've been here. All of our job is a point to Jesus Christ. That's it. I, I hope that doesn't offend you because that is the truth. To God be the glory. Always. And if anything, I'm going to continue the things that I have learned from Pastor Denoff of the many years he has mentored me and invested in me. There needs to be those that are willing, but I'll tell you, sometimes, Brother Lloyd, you know why we don't pass it on? There's almost, can you guys step down? You stay there. There's almost this in the church. I'll go over here. I don't like you. I'm speaking. This is my turn to preach. Dude, I'll tell you, that orange tie looks like a pumpkin. Fuzzy face. Do you not? Uh, Duck Commander over here, that thinks he's 
Uncle Cy or something, you know, just, and, and all of a sudden, we turn this into personal preferences of what we like and don't like, and all of a sudden, there's a vision, and we're not being a biblical church because we're not passing it on. Amen. And it doesn't matter even if it's here. I tell you, we, we got 16 and 24, and we've got 39 and 38, and I'm not going there. And we, we have this, but I'll tell you what, we're a family right here. I, I want you to get that, that there is a different preference of Lloyd and me and, and uh, Tyler and all of us and, and Jacob down here. There, there might be different preferences, but I'll tell you what we all have in common is this right here. Did you notice that was the theme of what he said? Turn around and said, son, preach the gospel. Son, preach the gospel. Son, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the word. We've turned around and we've made it into so many other things. And now we're killing churches to where we're not even seeing this at the end of it. And, and I could have gone all the way down. We're, we're not even seeing that anymore because we're, we're losing the principle of what God said about, hey, you want to be a church that's a biblical church? Talking to a pastor he said, you better have people in your church that are willing to pass it on. And you turn around and you say, I'm going to tell you guys why some of us get frustrated. You ready? Because it says there must be faithful ones to pass it on, but there must be faithful ones to pass it to. So let's, let's turn the table a little bit, okay? You can't take ownership to this, and you can't dictate your job is pass it on, and job is mentor, and I'm the mentor Tyler. And, and Tyler's the mentor Jacob, and this is a biblical principle right here. Right. When there's division, all you get around is like, I don't like it, I don't, I don't. and all through these hallways, like, and he, da, 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 da. you're not helping. Nope. There, there's another person doing the same thing. You guys need to hook up. His name is the devil, okay? Amen. He hates the advancement of the gospel. He, he loves division. He does not like this, and I'm telling you, we hurt the furtherance of the gospel, when we cause division because of what we like and don't like, rather than understanding that there is the truth that needs to be passed on to another generation. And let me let you out on a little insight. You say, well, well, no, no, no. Get this into his life and watch what God does. Because all of this talk and everything is not going to change him like this would. And, and that's what happens. We don't, we don't give him the truth to change them. I love you guys. But let me tell you, there must be faithful ones to pass it on to. Yeah. It, it's a scary thing when you look at the average job, young people that can't keep a job for more than nine months. Average marriage is like, no, I'm not even going there. <laughs> and I'm not saying there's not problems and complications and things like that, but it's hard when some of these guys that sacrifice and lay down and say, you know what, this church wouldn't be here. There wasn't the faithfulness of people being consistent to give, people being consistent to serve, and then it's over here and it's like, la, 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 big deal, who cares? I, th I, I think we create bitterness. I'm just talking, let me tell you to the younger ones, I think we create bitterness. It's like you can't take anything serious, and it didn't just happen, and we had to give, where's your giving? Where's your sacrifice? Where's your faithfulness? When are you going to step up and step in? It's not, and, and I, I say that all the way down, all the way down. And you can, even, even if, if it's my job to step forward and do this, you know, you know what, brother, we'll put your arm on my shoulder. Tyler, come over here. We're all in this together. 
You know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's both generations. We're linked together as brothers. Jacob, bring it in, buddy. Bring it in. Group hug, group hug. But sometimes they don't see this, and so the world on the outside look in there, and they go, I don't want none of that. Amen. And so what we've created is some of our churches are all young people that are, are willing to do it their way, and it's us four and no more. And then you have some older churches that are willing to do it their way, and it's us four and no more. And there's no generational passing. There's no mentoring. There's no mentoring this way, and there's little respect going this way. And, and, and this is a problem. Right. And I'm, I'm not sitting there and saying, here's a problem right here. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that. But I also know that Paul was telling Timothy this on purpose. Right. He said, look for faithful ones to pass it on. Give it to them that they can keep giving it to others. And, and teach them to teach and teach them to give it. And, 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 I, and I, it bothers me when we don't have this. And it's important for us to have this. And I, I tell you right now, I, I have never ran the stats, and me and Pastor Joe have been tempted to do this, of, all right, in churches, if it wasn't for the older ones giving, the churches would fall apart. I wonder, I don't know if that's true in our church. I've never ran the stats, or I don't flip through the books. I don't do all that to find out who gives. Let me tell the younger generation in here, if you don't learn to give, we won't be here in years to come. Well, here he goes, making it all about money. You are enjoying this air condition right now, aren't you? We turn it off, and you're like, oh, it's all, it's all about money. Yeah, it takes money to turn the air conditioner on. It takes money to run the buses. It takes money to turn the lights on. It takes money to buy a piano. It takes money. Your money doesn't belong to you anyways. It all belongs to God. And if you'd learn that it does belong to God, and you, you weren't so tight on what God has given, then you'd learn that God would bless you instead of pulling back. But there's a problem if this generation thinks that the priority in their life is having an unlimited text plan on their phone and they have internet and they have the latest $70 Xbox game that came on but then they come to church and say honey we're really tight right now I don't think we can give <laughs> see, see the thing is this church was here because a bunch of faithful men said you know what honey I think we're going to put off that vacation or not buy that car or whatever because we need to build a church because one day our grandkids are going to grow up and they need a place to hear about God We'd be doing good if this generation, this generation, this generation, this generation would pick up on that. Amen. Give and it shall be given unto you, I promise you. Yes, and and I, I am way off right now, okay? But sometimes when God leads and God tells you what to say, I, I wasn't trying to turn that, but I, I, I want this to be where we keep passing it on. Right. And it's got to be, and it's not just I pass it on for you to do what you want. No, he says that are able to teach others also. The mission is to keep giving until the mission keeps going and going and going. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Paul was laying it out and saying, learn to be strong. Stand up. Learn to be strong. Stand up. And he said, you need to learn to pass it on. Apt to teach. Be willing to teach others also. Let's go on. Not only that, he said, Verse 3, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I, I need, Timothy, I need you to know, understand something else. He said, I'm asking you, son, don't quit. Don't quit. We have gotten to the point where we get into anything rough and we bail out. Right. Hey, I, I, I'm telling you guys right now, you can get a job 
and your boss can be a jerk, and you can quit that job and go to the, another job, and you're going to find another boss that's probably going to be a jerk. Because yeah. that's just how people are. Okay, it's, there, there's problems anywhere you go. There's problems any church you go to, okay? I'm going to tell you that our church isn't the perfect church. I say that all the time. It's not a perfect church. It's the best church in Columbus, but it's not a perfect church. All right? And let, let me tell you this. It's not perfect because there's people that go to this church. And, and if, you go to, if you find a perfect church, it's not going to be perfect anymore once you get there. So... You, you, you don't go jumping around and stuff and you say, how do I know that I'm in the right church when it's holding forth the word of truth and preaching the gospel and ministering to your heart and doing the work of an evangelist and standing firm on there and, and you see this inside of there and there's, there's gray hairs and there's no hairs and there's lots of hairs and there's spiky hairs. Okay, you, get, you get all that in there and you, you find a good combination of, of the fact that they're passing it on. But he said endure hardness. You know what hardness is? It not being easy. It's not always going to be easy. If you're always looking for it to be easy, you're going to quit over and over again. It's not going to be easy in your marriage. It's not going to be easy raising kids. It's not going to be easy in the church. It's not going to be easy as we're bringing in kids off our bus routes and the morals are changing at home. It's going to be more difficult in the classroom. So then we should stop doing that. Paul said, hey, do the work of angels and don't quit. We might have to change our approach, and we might have to change different things. We might have to regroup. We might have to huddle. But I'm telling you, the thing is, when it comes to the work that God has given us, don't quit. Paul continues. And he said, no man that warreth entangeth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Last thing Paul tells him, stay focused. It's easy to get our eyes off of the mission that God has given us. It, it is easy to get all entangled. And let me go back, and I'm not trying to harp on this or beat anybody up, and I'm speaking to myself as well. But I, I'm saying when we get so caught up, when we're more faithful to sports than we are to serving God, there's a problem. Amen. We've gotten wrapped up in the affairs of this world. Yep. If you are more apt to spend $5 on a cup of coffee than you are to give to the church. There's, there, there's an entanglement there. We have to have, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, young son in the faith and continuing all this. He was crying out to him and he was saying to this young man, he said, let me tell you, let me warn you right now. Let me, I've been there, I've been through there, but you better watch out because it's easy to get wrapped up in the wrong things. And let me say, the word entangled is implying the idea of being trapped. Some of us have trapped ourselves so much financially, we can't do jack for God. Some of us have entangled ourselves so much in our time that we can't do one thing in service for God. Some of us have gotten so wrapped up in so many things outside of this that we we can't even attend anymore like we should. And I'm not trying to beat ourselves up. If anything, I'm standing there crying out like, hey, we need to do something. Let's get our priorities right. Let's do it because as this there, we're leaning on this generation. There's another generation coming right behind us. And, and let me tell you, we're all getting older. I hate to tell you that. I, I, I didn't understand this. I have an arm issue. I have a leg issue. I have a hair issue. I have 
all these people told me all these years, don't get old, don't get old. I'm only 38, and if I keep on this, I, I'm going to be a wreck by the time I'm 50. <laughs> but let me tell you this. Continue in the things that thou hast learned. And as God changes me and does all this, I've realized this, that as Pastor Dinoff invested in me, I better constantly be looking down at Joe and Dave Joe and Dave, Tyler and Jacob, and all the way down. I, I am glad, blessed, ecstatic that God has done all these things. But Paul was investing in him and saying, dude, I, I want to see all these things continue. Continue in. Advance the gospel. Keep going forward. For the last part, and this is what he says. You say, why? Why, why, why stay focused? Why all these things? That we may please him who have chosen him to be a soldier. We do it all for one reason. That is to please our God. If you're doing what you're doing for any other reason, you are doing it for the wrong reason. We do what we do. We give. We sacrifice. We serve. We open doors. We drive buses. We sing in the choir. We do all that we do to bring glory to God. That we may please him who has called us. What a blessing it is. But let's not stop.